Shedding light on the future of the banking industry in Uganda. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial. Parts of Uganda's economy went through a 22-month lockdown, and this had a significant effect on the economic growth of Uganda, but also the banking sector. According to a Bank of Uganda report, credit risk remains elevated and a key concern for financial stability. The non-performing loans ratio for credit institutions stands at 6.2%. We speak to Uganda Bankers Association Chairman Matthias Katamba on the state of the banking industry in Uganda. The Bank of Uganda credit relief measures that cushioned borrowers against default came to an end for most sectors in Uganda. What does this mean for the banking sector? So as you know that uh, compliance accommodations for especially the education sector and the hospitality sector were extended up to September uh, 2022. So those are still uh, continuing. Uh, but what we've seen is that uh, a number of institutions that had uh, companies that had uh, uh, moratoriums, you know, extended to them uh, on repayment, uh, uh, you, know, you know, are coming back and beginning to pay. There will be uh, some that will have been adversely deeply impacted by the lockdowns and will take time to recover. But generally what we see is... Uh, is, is a good recovery, uh, especially post reopening uh, in January. Let's talk interest rates. The rate of NPLs stands at 6.2%. What impact will this have on interest rates? Now, uh, on uh, uh, interest rates, interest rates are, are a factor of many things uh, here in Uganda. Uh, they're a factor of uh, you know, the risk-free rate, the rate on uh, government paper and how that moves, uh, but also the risk premium, uh, which... Uh, uh, largely so it depends on the amount of risk uh, in the market. Uh, NPLs are part of that uh, probability of default, which will increase as a result of this uh, period we've been in. Uh, and, and just the availability uh, of uh, liquidity. Uh, you know, a lot of the long-term liquidity is usually borrowed uh, from providers of long-term uh, funding uh, who will have uh, a premium uh, on their money. Uh, but also if you add the other, you know, costs of running business in Uganda, which just relates to everything, power, connectivity, you know, logistics and all those sorts of things. Those are the factors that really drive interest rates. And having come out of, uh, uh, you know, a period where, you know, CBR has been significantly lower, 6.5%, and banks have, uh, have been moving downwards, if you look at the last five years, Rates have come down uh, significantly. So lots of gains uh, have been made. Uh, and I think that uh, over time, if you look at, uh, uh, you know, if you project out uh, into the future, the willingness uh, to do this and to continue bringing rates down from the banks is really high. And uh, we've demonstrated that over the last few years, seeing where rates are today. And um, we'd like to continue that as long as all the other factors uh, move in the same direction. Uh, unfortunately, that is not something for us to, to determine where the other factors. There's global concern about rising inflation rates. How will this affect the banking sector? I think uh, for us, uh, you, yes, of course, you have to look at uh, the global environment, uh, what the Fed is going to do and the European Central Bank and the different uh, banks, the Bank of England, etc., uh, and all of them. And yes, they will, try to, they will raise rates uh, 
for the reason that uh, you know they need to mop up uh, a lot of that liquidity was put in largely as we are managing through the COVID uh, environment and people are getting back uh, to work and they need them to get back to work. Uh, but our circumstances here, yeah, while part of that will filter through, depend on many different things. Uh, on the weather, uh, food is a big uh, contributor uh, to inflation, for instance. Uh, but I think uh, uh, as we look to uh, 2022 in particular, I don't see a very huge exception from the previous years. I think the Bank of Uganda has done a very good job uh, in inflation targeting. Uh, and I don't think that that is uh, uh, about to change uh, anytime soon. A Geopol report says three out of four SMEs were forced to fund their businesses out of pocket, mainly because they cannot afford the current cost of credit, which is squeezing them out of the economy. Will banks be looking to revise their stance on interest rates to support the sector? I think if you understand the structure of our economies and, and our businesses and our business people, these are very resilient uh, people. And, and in the environment in which uh, they operate. We look at uh, the small size uh, of uh, you know, this, uh, you know, formal sector for employment and all sorts of things. You see the way out for most people is entrepreneurship. And even before they get to the level of being small, they will start with being micro and they will grow up, you know, businesses uh, will grow. In a period like the one we've been in, it's completely not out of the ordinary for people to dig into uh, their savings because businesses have been closed, right? And so it's a natural thing to dig into your savings if you have them, right? Uh, to try and increase the capacity uh, of your business as a way to supplementing what you can get uh, from the bank. So I think there's nothing uh, wrong with that. It's not necessarily because of uh, uh, the interest rates. There have not been any drastic movement uh, in rates uh, for banks, for instance. Uh, but I see that... Uh, a lot of things, these things will uh, level out, uh, you know, in the coming 18 months as stability uh, in consumption uh, returns and all of that. I think the reopening of schools was a major factor because that uh, has a very huge value chain uh, that opens up opportunity for very many uh, businesses. Uh, if you throw in the night economy as well, huge contributor. And as the world begins to open up and uh, you know, the further ease in uh, logistics and things like that, uh, the cost of movement of uh, containers and shipping going down, uh, then a lot of the factors uh, that constrain uh, the growth of SMEs uh, will begin to, to turn, uh, you know, in a more positive direction. All those things contribute uh, to making lives easier uh, for businesses. So I think net-net, resilience of our businesses and our business people. Uh, many of them are also nascent and small and can very quickly switch business models. As you saw during the pandemic, when the city is locked down, uh, people moving their small businesses into the suburbs, um, the cities reopen, uh, moving back into uh, uh, the city, etc. So I think that uh, I, I do not expect that we will see a long-term reduction uh, in the number of SMEs. Certainly, some might have gone out of business during the lockdown uh, and during the period of restrictions, because two years is a long time. Uh, and also, depending uh, on, the, uh, on, on, on the flexibility of the business model uh, to change from one line to another, 
if some are inflexible because of the huge sunk cost of the investment in the type of line of business, then some might have gone out of uh, business. Uh, but uh, it's not because of interest rates. Uh, it's simply because of the unusual uh, environment that we've been in. You know, a pandemic uh, and two years of a lockdown, uh, I do not think that any economists would have predicted that uh, in the, in, for the life of them, right? Five years ago, nobody would have predicted what we've gone through. That was the Uganda Bankers Association chairman, Matthias Katamba. A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. Untapped natural gas supplies in sub-Saharan Africa is set to be unleashed this decade with output more than doubling to 1.3 barrels of oil equivalent per day in 2021 to 2.7 million barrels of oil equivalent per day in 2030 due to the vast underdeveloped water resources. As a result of the booming production outlook, greenfield investments are also projected to soar. Gas and liquids greenfield's capital expenditure in the region totaled $12 billion in 2021, with $8 billion spent on deep water developments. By 2030, total greenfield investments will surge to almost $40 billion, of which $24 billion will go to deep water projects. Natural gas production in sub-Saharan Africa has been historically low, but that looks set to change due to significant underdeveloped deep water finds in countries like Mozambique, South Africa and Mauritania. Mozambique dominates with 52% of the total recoverable gas resources in the area, followed by Senegal, Mauritania, Maritime region with a combined 20% and Tanzania, which is about 12%. Nigeria also holds significant recoverable reserves of gas that will contribute to the expected output hike. The latest monthly oil market report published by the Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Companies, OPEC, indicates that Algeria's crude oil production rose by 11,000 barrels per day to 977,000 barrels per day in January. Algeria exceeded its production quota by 5,000 barrels per day. According to the Ministry of Energy and Mines, the country's production quota for February is 982,000 barrels per day, and in keeping with OPEC and its allies' arguments, Algeria's production quota will increase by a further 10,000 barrels per day in March, as OPEC Plus continues to unwind its pandemic cut. Algeria's sonar track continues to expand and establish its reach in North Africa's hydrocarbon sector. The CEO of sonar track, Tokif Haka, visited Tripoli last week to hold talks with his Libyan counterpart, Mustafa Sanala, of the National Oil Corporation, where they signed a deal to restart operations in war-torn Libya's Gadam's Besson. Mr. Haka said that his company already invested $150 million in Libya and planned to invest $50 million more. The annual inflation rate in Morocco edged down to 3.1% in January of 2022 from 3.2% in the previous month, which was the highest since February of 2009. Prices slowed for transport, food, non-alcoholic beverages and recreation and culture. Also, the cost of communication decreased 0.2%, the same as in December. On a monthly basis, consumer prices were unchanged after rising 0.1% in the prior month. The annual inflation rate in Malawi rose to 12.1% in January of 2022 from 11.5% in December. It's the highest inflation rate since November of 2018, boosted by both prices of food and non-food products. On a monthly basis, consumer prices advanced 3.6%. And a quick look at the markets. 
The Nigerian stocks managed to rise by just 0.03% as the momentum of gain that began on Friday further lost intensity during the benchmark index close to the negative territory and forcing it to rely on small cap equities for the marginal climb. United Capital and Africa Prudential led the charge even though GTCO provided some support. Shares in publisher Learn Africa saw huge buy pressure from investors after management said it plans to launch a rights issue and open mergers and acquisition talks with a yet-to-be-named company helping gains. The stock jumped to the top of the gainers' table following the news. Market breadth, often used by market watchers to determine the level of investors' sentiments towards trade, was positive with 29 gainers recorded relative to 18 losers. The all-share index inched up 12.99 basis points to 47,246.9, while the market capitalization increased to 25.5 trillion naira. Year-to-date, the index is up by 10.6%. The South African rand was trading slightly higher, around 15 against the dollar, its highest since November 9, 2021, as fears of war in Ukraine eased somewhat after South Africa's national treasury flagged an improved fiscal and debt outlook for the 2022 budget. The currency has been supported by rising prices of precious metals such as gold, which benefits the resource-rich South Africa, along with fresh reform pledges by President Ramaphosa in its pro-business state of the nation address. At the same time, the South African Reserve Bank is expected to hike its main lending rate by another 25 basis points next month, extending a tightening cycle that began in November to anchor inflation expectations. Meanwhile, the prospect of a more hawkish Fed limited further gains. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. And if you have any suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at The K Financial.